Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of the world, welcome back to season two of Endless Balls in the house with Jimmy, Jose Swag, and myself, Mr. Wager, Power Wager. That's my new, that's my new Endless Balls season two name. I'm going with Power Wager. So uh, I know that you've missed us. It's been many months since our end of season two broadcast uh in february but we are back and there's some ball games coming up that we like and we got the football season the end of the baseball season we got some basketball coming up although we don't really talk about basketball but whatever and of course there is lacrosse and cricket and soccer uh, none of those things will really cover very much, so it doesn't matter. But football is in the house, and so are we. So let's open it up with letting Jose talk some talk on the season one recap. I'd like to preface that we do all have full-time jobs and have kids. We like the distractions of sports, so I'd ask the audience to uh, have very low expectations uh, is that fair to ask? And we do have a Twitter page. I think it's Endless Balls. Is that right? Yeah. Endless Balls. So if you want to respond to him, we'll go ahead on Twitter and throw that out there. So um, where we left off, we left off in the NFL season last year. So I'd like to bust some balls for segment one. Ben, you said, and I just want to, okay, I want to go back. I've done five minutes of research. Qualifies me to speak on these things. You said... Eric Bieniemy should have taken the Houston head coaching job that you wish he would have gone there. Then he's the current for the audience, the Kansas City OC, maybe heir to the throne of the next seven Super Bowl dynasty team. Do you still agree with that? Well, if you had actually said that correctly, I might have agreed with it. But since you didn't, I'll correct your correction and say that he was not offered that job. Uh, so that wasn't really a choice. Now, if he had been offered the job, then he would have to make the decision to take the job. And then I would have said, yeah, I'd support that because, you know, having more people of color as head coaches is something that the NFL desperately needs. And even if it's a what we would call almost a plague-like franchise, and granted, we didn't know at that time the problems that were about to erupt with their quarterback. So I think he should have taken that job if it was offered. However, it was not offered, so it doesn't really matter next question well so i was researching this and it says he didn't interview well so he interviewed with the falcons a couple other teams didn't interview well is what the word was um here's a quote from him he says about being how lucky he is to be under a hall of fame coach and have patrick mahomes he says quote would i like to be a head coach yes but you know what it's going to happen at the right place with the right people at the right time makes me think that he'll he might be in the running to be the next kansas city coach Matt Nagy. So what, what you're saying is he was potentially throwing those interviews. I, I, I mean, I think I, I hear that he didn't interview well. He didn't want the jobs. I mean, it could be the, the flip side of that is maybe Andy Reid is doing all of the, the, the offensive play calling because the former OC before the enemy was Matt Nagy at Chicago. He's on the hot seat this year. The Houston head coach that the, the job we're talking about, he's on the hot seat already. And he hasn't even had one game. And you don't have Watson. Watson was listed today as uh, on, the, on the depth chart. He was listed as other instead of quarterback. It's just a dumpster fire. And I think we can all be really glad that um, 
if Ben was to give advice to our boy in Kansas City that he wouldn't have taken it. And Sean Watson is the new team masseuse. <laughs> He's the. What I don't gonna, believe I, I believe you got that wrong, uh, Jimmy. I believe it's uh, he's not the masseuse. He's a consultant on the masseuse program. That's I believe that's his, his official. Oh, program. I I thought that was his restorative justice. That was his consequence. He had to now massage the fifty-three man Houston team. That would have been a good punishment. I think that that you know, speaking speaking from the heart, I think that would have matched the seriousness of the injustice that he caused. Speaking of poor decisions, my number two question to you since we've last been on the podcast is, I want you to imagine the date is December 19th, 2020, and that your team, the Jets, are 0-13, and they're a lock to get the first round draft pick of the draft of a generation. The, you know, not every draft has generational talent. It's December 19th. You still want them to go win against the Rams and the Browns like the Jets did, ruining having that first pick in the draft, correct? Absolutely, yep. So they lose their first-round pick in these meaningless games. Jaguars get Trevor Lawrence. The Jets get Zach Wilson, who has the most punchable face I've ever seen. I don't care if he's done well in the preseason. Green Bay, who they played in the preseason, didn't even have their starting defense out there. In practice, he's had just nothing but interceptions. I saw a quote that was funny from um, SB Nation. The quote was, there is going to be no shortage of takes waxing poetically about the NFL and the idea that nobody quits, which is broadly true, but functionally, ridic functionally ridiculous. The Jets quit the second they decided to keep Adam Gase as coach. Do you disagree with that comment? What, the, the, the quote that you just read or some other part of what you said? Do you disagree that this idea that nobody should tank? I mean, I, well, I, in a professional league, um, you know, prof professional football players, they don't tank. You know, they, there's a lot going on. They have a lot of incentives. They have a lot of future uh, business transactions that may Im be impacted by the strength of their play level at any time. And so it's not in a professional uh, football player's interest to tank now. Everything in the gas tank being put out there on the field, you know, are they willing to risk it all in a season where they're they're basically in a hopeless situation? Maybe not. But they the 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 quote and the question you had is would they tank? That answer is no because they don't have that option as a professional. I mean, the the the, the Eagles did it, and there's many examples of teams tanking. I mean the. If they would have lost one of those games, would you have rather lost one of those games and had Trevor Lawrence or won those two games and got Zach Wilson? You know, to be honest with you, uh, Jose, this isn't really a question that could be answered before the season of the draft. People who we are talking about haven't even played I'm one asking right game now, yet. For the season, so I will say I'm absolutely right right now. Prove me wrong. I think that what you said they wouldn't go for a quarterback because they invested in Sam Darnold and then they went for a quarterback. So, I mean, you're already kind of wrong. So number three, well, I John, just say Gruden, that you added that part after my answer. You told me this a long time ago. You said John Gruden wouldn't make it two years in Oakland, now Las Vegas. I just wanted to say his uh, progression so far is first year was four and 12. Second year was seven and nine. Third year is eight and eight. The progression leads 
And if you look at the schedule, I can see nine to 10 wins in a wild card. But even if they don't, there's no way Mark Davis, who John Gruden is Mark Davis's favorite guy, he's in $100 million for 10-year contract. Even if he doesn't make the playoffs this year, they'll fire the GM. He won't be on the hot seat until year six. You said he wouldn't make it until year two. Do you, uh, when's he going to be on the hot seat? I have no recollection of this year two conversation. Uh, did you have that? Is there a recording of that or something? Long time ago. I'm not going to, I'm not, I, I have no recollection of this. Um, when, when is he I will be on say the- that uh, for the whole time, Gruden was a bad choice for this. Uh, they overpaid him. They overcommitted to him. And I'll say this on the record, Raiders under 500 this year. You heard it from me. So they're in with KC. They're in that same division, but they have a lot of games against like Denver. Under 500. Oh, this is a good segue. So we're going to talk about some predictions for the year. And I just had one more, and then we're going to talk about predictions. And this one segue is to who, what, which team has the best group of wide receivers last year? Um, and- I would say that definitely number one is not the Bucks. That's I'll start off with that. The, the Bucks are definitely not the number one wide receiver group. Uh, and then that's, I'll just stop there. No team in the league has three top receivers who score above 75%, according to pff.com. Evans now sits on the record for six 1,000-year seasons in his career. Godwin rarely drops a pass. And according to PFF, the top receiver that they have is Antonio Brown. Then you add in the tight ends. You add in Gronk, Cameron Bray, and then you add in the depth at wide receiver with Scotty Miller. There's not a close second, Ben. There wasn't last year. There's not this year. It's one of the greatest of all time wide receiver rooms. I don't understand. But this is also coming from you who faded Brady in every game of the playoffs last year. And I don't even care. I bet against him with you. I'm not a big Brady fan or Tampa fan. I just think it's funny how, how objectively wrong those takes were. And I, I won't even say, up- I will say that, you know, Jose, you brought up the Bucks. I will say that if you you know look at age, yes, I agree with you. They they are by far the best aged receivers in in the NFL. I, I'll say that. And you did point out that at one point in their long careers, they were really good, and they brought that really good record to uh, the Bucks. But as we know, that's just a a, a whole bunch of years that they played well and now they're on the bucks so i don't no, know mike evans how, i don't i don't know how your you your perception of this makes that the best receiving where, where has mike evans where did he get this record for the first wide receiver to get 1000 yards in each of his first six seasons randy moss was the first one to get five those were all at tampa most i mean where where was mike evans drafted can you remind me Godwin's been with Tampa his whole career, right? Yeah, Ben does has no clue what he's talking about. Um, this is Ben's the guy who said March Madness wasn't going to happen, and then he picked Gonzaga over Baylor. He said the Yankees were going to win 100 games. All right, now let's segue into the actual show. Those are just some questions I wanted to clarify. Will the Yankees win 100 games? They got Nestor the Molester starting this weekend. <laughs> they got they got they'll probably throw Chapman the wife beater. Who's the other? Domingo Herman. <laughs> so they, they have a series this weekend, Ben. Uh, they're currently, they hold the record for the, the longest losing streak in the American League. I don't know if you were aware of that. Who, who are they playing this weekend? 
Hold on. Uh, what, hold, hold on, Swag. What's that statistic? The longest losing streak? Yeah, in the American League right now. When? The it's last four games. Four game losing streak. They're on a four game losing streak. They're winning right now in the top of the sixth. You do realize the Orioles lost like 18 games in a row. The Orioles won yesterday. I I know, but you're you want to say current sound. losing? Currently, he's trying to say current losing. He is, but four games is nothing. It happens all the time. And before this four game losing streak, tell me a little bit about their winning streak. Yeah, and tell me a little bit about the season before that, before they got Rizzo and Gallo. Tell me about that part of the season because that was hilarious. That was one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Was watching that. You know, I think you're you're just a, basically you're a New York hater on all team levels, and uh, it's really yeah. sad to see that. Because Jose, two of your co-hosts are, are big New York fans when it comes to the Yankees. And well, the interesting thing, the interesting thing about Jose though is, aside from Wu Pig, he doesn't have a team. Have you noticed this? He's just a millennial hater. He yeah, hates on anybody yeah. that's I agree. so. I agree. You I don't have an I'm NFL hate. team. You don't have a baseball team. You don't have a basketball team. You just hate on anybody that's doing well that anybody else likes. Okay. I The Yankees I hated on, and they were not doing well. And I'm a Dodgers and a, a Astros fan. <coughs> bandwagon. Astros games. And it was? Sorry, did you say bandwagon? Is that what you said? Bandwagon. That we said bandwagon? But band, what, what bandwagon? I coached a t-ball team that we were the Dodgers. That allows me to be a Dodgers fan. Yes, it does. How did yeah. that t-ball team do, by the way? We killed it. Like we went undefeated. So uh, we got tell the audience that you had four year olds doing smelling salts before the game. <laughs> there was nothing in the bylaws that so, said no smelling salts or no, you know. Oh, that's right. They don't test for, for uh, PEDs at that level. So it's no. fair game. Are you kidding me? All right. I'm looking at the schedule for this weekend. We have Yankee. Oh, they have the Orioles. So they'll probably get a series. But the important thing is who, 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 who are the Red Sox? And Tampa Bay has the Twins, so Tampa Bay will win. The Red Sox has the Indians. All right, so it'll be fun to keep an eye on that race. Here's the deal. All they need to do is get the wild card. And then they throw their best arm, your favorite pitcher, Garrett Cole, and they got a good chance against anybody. 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 I'm sorry, did you say anybody? Even, even your Astros. Bandwagon. So they, they wouldn't play. Ben Wagoner. I would love to see an Astros-Yankees postseason matchup. The, the, well, maybe we'll see. We can I, keep I, talking I'm about pretty that. Sure, you know, I'm pretty sure the Yankees are going to come in into the postseason. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that. I, I'm, I think – and also I, I would also point out that you, my friend, had a AL East order of uh, outcome that you swore up and down would be true. And, of course – you're completely wrong. It's not going to happen that way at all. Okay. So for context, I said with, with conviction, and this would have been true had the trade deadline not gotten the Yankees two of the best players, but I had the Yankees as fourth in their division. The Blue Jays and the Red Sox are still doing okay. So that, I mean, that might still happen. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Really? Um, Did you see who, who they lose uh, today? Did you see who the, the Bogarts, Blue Bogarts is out? Did you see that? I didn't. I'm just not pretty pretty sure I predicted that the Red Sox would collapse. I believe I, I believe both of us said that, and, and yeah, we, I pretty. believe we both said that they were playing way way above 
their uh, salary levels, and it was just a matter of time. And you know what? I guess we were exactly right. What hey, we're trying to do is get yeah. this segment sponsored by White Claw to commemorate Joe's memory lapse. So this segment brought to you by White Claw, makers of fine, low-cal, hard seltzer. So you won't remember all the shit talking you did with your fellow sports buddies. Hey, the Yankees are up. I bet the Yankees. Jamie, I parlayed him with Boston. Boston's losing. And with the White Sox, tied with yeah. Pittsburgh. Okay. So before we get started on the show, there's a few, I have a foul balls, a few foul balls. There's only two or three of them. Things of interest uh, before we get started. We'll get started with college week one, um, fantasy football, and NFL predictions. The, since we'll do NFL week one next week. So this week, I want to hear some like actual futures predictions, Super Bowl division winners. Before we get started, did y'all see the uh, South Carolina QB situation? Sure did. That's pretty cool. He was, I, I, he was formerly at where one of the Dakotas, right? Yeah. So I'll, I'll just read the excerpt real quick from ESPN. So South Carolina, their quarterback's injured. So they're putting in a, um, a graduate assistant in as quarterback. He was a former player at North Dakota State. The quote says, Zeb Zolan is going from coach to starting quarterback at South Carolina. Um, Nolan who came to South Carolina as a GA on Shane Beamer's coaching staff will be the starting quarterback when they open the season against Eastern Illinois. The line is USC minus 40 against Eastern Illinois with a graduate assistant in as quarterback. I just so so he still had a year of eligibility or is there some kind of yeah. age, is it the age thing where after like, what is it? 26 or something they can, isn't there some exemption if you're a certain age? Yeah, it's, it's both of those. I think he had a year left and he's a certain age. Um, so <laughs> he'll be starting. It'll be interesting to watch. And that line, minus 40, that can't be right. That's what I saw today. But Eastern uh, Illinois, isn't that uh, Tony Romo, Rose alma mater? Romo? So, if he, yeah, I mean, you might have to take Eastern Illinois in this case if they have a history. And the points. Yeah. Um, second thing I saw, and I was hoping one of you would read this article, was the the article I sent about the Dennis Rodman documentary on his bender. Yeah, I don't I don't read. Sorry. So ben would read that. Um, uh, Dennis Rodman point. doesn't make my reading list. Sorry, man. So, so the the headline this is about as far as I got it says Dennis Rodman's 1998 Las Vegas bender to become a feature film. So not document not documentary. It said Wild Vacation was a highlight in the Last Dance docuseries. Who's gonna play him? Lionsgate film is producing. I mean, that sounds interesting to me. They should make. Is that just a Hangover sequel? Yeah, and speaking of that, the Tiger Woods one would be a good one too. That'd be a good feature film. Um, my third foul ball is oh the Saban quote. I have it because I sent it to Ben. What did Saban say? He compared himself to Nancy Pelosi talking about cognitive decline. He says, you can go as long as you can do the job. Ben, you're kind of getting up there. What's your personal experience with the saving quote? Let me get it up. Uh, you know, it's funny that you brought that up because I am I am noticing some cognitive decline in my own. Uh, the other day, yeah. I couldn't remember the country of Cyprus and that drove me crazy. And then uh, I actually woke up in the middle of the morning, like at 4.30 yesterday morning. And I was trying to remember what that wheat allergy is called. 
and I kept going to glucose, 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 and it was driving me crazy. I actually had to go and get my phone and look up gluten because I couldn't remember the term. Oh, you thought you were glucose intolerant. Yeah. And so, so yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't even me. It was just this, uh, this moment where, you know, where you're trying to think of something and you can't think of it. And, and so I had the Cypress thing. I had, oh, I had another one a couple of weeks ago. I couldn't remember Mariano Rivera's name. That sucked. Yeah. That's big. Yeah, I that's... thought you were going to say you were starting to have prostate issues and I was going to send you to the same Chinese massage therapist, Joe sees. De- Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, yeah. if I, if I had prostate issues, uh, Jimmy, I think I would just go with the recommendation uh, that you gave us, uh, that, that, uh, that guy that you met, hey, you said he was like a holistic, uh, healer or something. And he really, he really worked that problem out. Then don't you. be problematic. Here's the quote from Nick Saban quote. So as long as I can feel like I can make a contribution in a positive way to continue to have a great program for the players, and that's helping them be successful I don't think of age as an issue. I mean, how old is Nancy Pelosi? So is age an issue or is it not? I guess Ben's starting to forget stuff. He thinks the Yankees, the, the, I'm not kidding. I, I want to, you know, since we're talking about being an inclusive pod, I want to point out that I think it, it's pretty shitty that he chose Nancy Pelosi and targeted an aging female who I'm also quite sure, Joe, you have said on record, you would sleep with her. <laughs> yes, that's true. You did, you did say that. And you actually, you shared the picture of the moment that you decided that you would sleep with her. You, you actually hey, shared that hey, picture with I, us. Are we age shaming? We're not. I'm saying, I am saying that Coach Saban is gender shaming. We have the most famous aging person in politics in our country right now by the name of joe biden he easily could have picked on somebody of the same sex but he chose to pick on hot nancy uh okay let's just get the show started (laughs) nancy is kind of hot like if you look at her you know it's different strokes for different folks like let's just let's just leave it at that Speaking of over 40, we have some crazy lines today. We have USC minus 40. Uh, ben, do you want to start us off on this college football week one? Not really, but I mean, if you want me to, I, I, I could. I mean, you're the one that created a Google document. Uh, yeah. So uh, one of our new segments in uh, Endless Balls uh, is going to be our weekly college pick uh, competition where we take 22 of the games over uh, the weekend and we select uh, the winners based on uh, either the spread or on the straight up. And so uh, this would be our first episode where we've looked at that. And as, as our, uh, expertise in these are, are very, very uh, scattered in, in, our, in our different levels of expertise. I will, I will confess that I am probably the weakest link in college football. However, I have put 20 bucks on this week in the fact that I will beat Joe's picks. Uh, my picks will be more accurate than Joe's picks. And, and we got 20, which he's accepted. And uh, I, as I analyze Joe's picks and I analyze my picks, I statistically believe that I cannot lose in this uh-huh. sense based off the similarity of the picks that we have. There are only two picks 
that I can see that are statistically different. And they were both long shots by my friend Jose here. And the reality is, is that my picks are going to hit and his picks are uh, almost all the same anyway, except for a couple of long shots. There's these crash on, his SEC bias kicked in and uh, he went with some possible or some ACC biases or, or some, some conference in the South that he thinks the teams are better. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, he might have been under the influence. And therefore, I believe my picks will be better. There's nothing I would say outstanding about my picks. I think they're pretty decent. There's a consensus level of accuracy that I believe many of the experts would agree with on my picks. And there's not one pick that I feel that I really went on a limb. Uh, I will say that the the PSU uh, game, that might have been that might have been one I could have gone with PSU, but I, I believe I picked uh, Wisconsin. Is that correct? You did. So, you did. Uh, that's I think that's a game to watch. That's going to be a close one. I'm looking at our picks. I don't see where SEC bias factored in. Only with and oh FSU versus Notre Dame is FSU ACC. Gotcha. Yeah, but you sent this ten minutes before we started. I haven't had time to even look at FSU. For, uh, well, here's here's I'll chime in. Look at That's this. The national. Excuses, the excuses are already starting. National TV game at the end of of the long weekend. They're the only game on Monday night. Notre Dame has to bring in a new quarterback, right? Ian Book's gone. They, they're bringing in a whole lot of new people. I don't think Florida State's going to be great this year, but that's a hard place to play at night on national TV. What you- Mike Norvell is uh, – I think Mike Norvell was a good coach at Memphis. He's in year two at FSU. That's really all I know about them right now. Uh, that was one of mine. So that's one of the ones I have different with uh, Ben and Jamie. Jamie – also has Notre Dame, but other than that, our picks are pretty similar. I do have some, I think the endless balls pick of the week, in my opinion, is San Jose state, Jamie, your team, San Jose state, Nick Starkle against USC. You picked USC money line. What's the it's minus 14, 14. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a tight game. I think USC just has too much talent, but I, I don't think, I don't like 14. The money line on that's pretty good if you pick San Jose State to win. Hey, speaking of that, we I picked Illinois. I'm one and zero on college football so far. I did as well. Money line, you picked them with the points. I didn't see Illinois on the spreadsheet, but I think they're the lock of the week for me. They're minus five and a half against some no-name team, uh, UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio. All right, Ben, LSU, UCLA. I think is a pick of the week. LSU's minus three, which if there's something I don't understand this game. I know there's a lot of question marks on coordinators for LSU and that Coach O is mediocre. But if you look at the talent that LSU gets in, you look at the talent UCLA gets in. I don't think coaching is going to be the factor in this one. And that's a crazy line to me is LSU minus three, Illinois minus five and a half. Is it? Is it uh, are they playing in California? Yeah, I think it's at UCLA. Yeah, I think the LSU, you know, I think probably a lot of that has to do with the weather. You know, there's a lot of players who are probably distracted. And, and uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of concern about that, that hurricane that hit and, and the well-being. And, and, you know, it probably disrupted practice. And so I think personally that, uh, you know, that kind of that probably came into the factor of the betting. 
Yeah, that, the line is there. The line is also there because UCLA blew out an awful Hawaii team last weekend. So they already have a game under their belt. They have a transfer running back from Michigan that lit up Hawaii. Uh, the guy that has a name of a uh, Chardonnay, something like Cabernet, some kind of wine. He was a running back at Michigan and now he's at UCLA. But Hawaii is bad. And so I think that's why the line is there. But, I, you know, I hate to agree with swag on anything, but I do have to agree here that I think LSU's got far more talent. Yeah, I mean, minus three. Ugh. I thought that was an easy pick, personally. All of us picked LSU. So Illinois minus 5.5. Uh, Clemson UGA, that's like a coin flip to me. I have no clue. Thoughts? I think Georgia. I actually think this is a year that Georgia could play for a national championship. You know, they're, I think they're pretty even talent-wise. The difference is you've got that uh, 40-year-old quarterback for Georgia that's been all over the place, which is named JT Daniels. So he's a veteran. He's got a year in the system at Georgia, surrounded by talent. Uh, I think Clemson is bringing in almost an entire new offensive line. Georgia stacked on defense. So I like Georgia in this game, and I also think Georgia is a real possibility for national championship. I would add that uh, you know Clemson had you know an okay quarterback, I guess last last year. I mean, you know, some people some people thought he was magnificent. I don't know, but the Jets it, didn't think he was that good. Yeah, I don't think the the Jets. You know, they they were wise, I think, but. Um, so you know that's a that's a glaring hole in in their first game, uh, you know their first their first official game, and they're not going to have their guy that they had, and uh, you know that's a big psychological barrier that they have to overcome, and uh, it could be something that Georgia takes advantage of. Yeah, but don't forget, and I'm just playing devil's advocate because I like Georgia here. Don't forget that Clemson has DJ Ungalungalunga. I can't say his name. But remember, he started at Notre Dame. They lost the game. That was when Trevor Lawrence had COVID. And he went, went to Notre Dame Stadium and threw for like 400 and some yards. So he's got big game experience. I mean, he's not Trevor Lawrence. He doesn't. So, you know, they're, they're not. I, I think that's the reason that line's so tight. But I still like Georgia. Yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, at, in that Notre Dame, nobody really could scheme for that guy because it was his first – first game but now everybody knows who he is his style they've got tape and they're prepared for that guy to be the quarterback and so it's you know i don't think it's going to be uh as impactful as what we saw in the notre dame game and i don't think that's a good comparison all right good point the where i see a difference and yeah i'm gonna take the georgia money line too just for the value it's the money line or plus three um where I see a difference is both of y'all picked Arkansas to cover against Rice, and I just have them to cover the money line. So first of all, on future pickums, we sh we shouldn't have the money line. We should just be the line because it's like an unfair advantage. I don't think Arkansas is going to cover, and I'll win this one, and that's why why I'll win the best of twenty two week one picks. Arkansas is going in banged up. We don't have our best player on offense until the game, the Texas game, the following week. KJ Jefferson might be a question mark. Um, I haven't, I've listened to some of the press conferences with uh, coach Pittman. I haven't gotten a strong sense that they're, they're extremely optimistic about the offense. 20 points is a pretty big line for me. 
I'm thinking that might come out a little rusty. I would take Arkansas the following week against Texas when we get our best players back, but I'm going to stick with uh, just have, picking Arkansas to win. Um, it'll be closer than 20 points in my opinion. Other than that, there's not a whole lot I see on here that sticks out to me in week one. A bunch of great matchups. Like I can't wait for Tennessee. We got UAB going on right now. Jamie talked me into betting. It's currently halftime. It's uh, 10 to nothing UAB. Um, hopefully the over will start kicking in in the second half. So we had a two, we got Yankees up three to one, UAB up right now. Anything else, college football? Any storylines you want to see this year? Anything you're interested in? You know, I'd like to, I'd like to um, think that uh, as we, as we shift into um, the the exiting of this this Delta variant, and we move into some other uh, Greek symbol, you know, title variant, um, I'd like to. I, I, I'm very curious how the South, under the leadership of those various governors, how that impacts the uh, the schedules in the, in those areas. Because I I got a feeling that if we see in a really accelerated problem uh, in the in the mid fall time, then you know, I think it's just gonna create a huge hiccup in all of those schedules down there. And that right now they seem they seem like they've got things in place, but I think the Delta variant has pushed through the South already pretty much. And uh, under their protocols that they have, they're doing okay. But I think if something else comes in, it's just gonna just crush them all. LSU um, is requiring the backs or a negative test to get into the games. And Ole Miss is one of the only three schools, the other two I can't even remember who they are, uh, that has a 100% vaccination rate on their team. I was looking at this because it's going to affect betting because the protocols for the unvaxxed are so much different. And it'll mean star players might miss games due to close contact. Uh, Arkansas has a 93% rate. Clemson and Texas A&M only have an 85%. Um, on their football team vaccination rate. That's kind of interesting. I would be interested to know who is, who isn't, how many starters that might affect. Uh, Bama, the rest of the SEC is kind of floating in the high 80s, low 90s. But uh, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, Ben, NFL is your thing. Fantasy, then uh, kind of some NFL predictions. Yeah, I think this year is going to be very interesting, the NFL. You know, this season, there's a lot of, Teams are trying to prove, I think, a little bit more uh, their status and, and their legitimacy. Obviously, as a Jets fan, um, I'm going to say right now that I have the Jets uh, having a better record than the Patriots this year. That's what that's my that's my strongest prediction I can make. Is I believe that the Jets will will pull it together just well enough to be ahead of the Patriots in uh that's hilarious so the cognitive decline really is factoring in <laughs> that's a good one ben go on so uh but i don't know if either one of those teams is going to come out on top of the afc east to be honest with you i'm not sure that that's going to happen so um i think uh, buffalo and miami might might be in a better place uh, than the Jets and, and the Pats this season. But we'll see. I think there's definitely going to be some improvement for the Jets, and I'm excited uh, to see how the new coaching regime under Robert Sala really see if we can turn this team around and, and get them to where they, they should always be every year forever. So I think that's important. Other comments I would make, you know, there's a lot of distractions, I think, in Green Bay. 
Um, I, I just, I don't know, man, Aaron Rodgers. I don't feel like he's getting treated respectfully in that situation. And it just, it seems to me like if they can just kind of put that aside and try and play some great football, winning will solve a lot of their problems. That's a good coach speak. Winning, winning solves problems. The, the, the Packers are in a division with the Lions, Vikings, and Bears. I don't really see too much changing for them. But the Jets, oh, man, that's tough. Bills probably take the division. I agree with that. AFC North, Steelers, AFC West, Chiefs. The NFC is much more interesting. I'm interested in the NFC, Cowboys, uh, Giants, Eagles, shit show. I don't know. Why are you, so all, why are you all over the Steelers? It didn't Ben lose a bunch of weight? Like, isn't he, this is his year? Like, he's like yeah, dialed he, in, but he didn't lose a bunch of age. So, it, I don't think the weight thing's going to matter. You know, you keep on bringing that up, and you brought that up last year. Then Tom Brady went on to like just sweep every game in the playoffs. You have this bias. I, you know, I, so I look, man. I, I I don't think Brady's going to have the same year. I don't think we're going to see the same results. And I think he could, this year could be the year where he's like, no, screw it. I'm going to retire. This could be the year. I think, you know, it's really hard to be motivated after winning the Super Bowl at his age and thinking you're going to get to another one of those. If he doesn't make it into the playoffs or if they're, if they're getting knocked out early in the playoffs, I think he's going to, he's going to announce his retirement. There's, I'm surprised you keep on saying that you've been saying that for such a long time. At some point you'll be right. But that's, uh, that's the first then, time I've ever said that. You've been saying he's old. The, the, look at the team that is around him. Look how good that team is. Uh, Jamie, who are your Super Bowl picks this year? If I could just say first, you two are a damn mess. Between Ben's cognitive decline and your white claw decline, you can't remember anything or tell who said what. Super Bowl picks, I think. <laughs> I'm going Buccaneers again. And the Cleveland Browns. I don't know, man. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, that's it's endless balls. The Browns are a long shot. They're both long shots. I will say that I think they're in the same boat in the sense that when you look at those two teams, there's a lot of flaws and there's some imperfections. And I don't think I don't personally. I don't think Cleveland's in a place where they're going to even. It'll be if if they make it to the. To the AFC title game, I would be very surprised. I, maybe they get the first round of the playoffs, but I don't think they're quite all the pieces are there. And, you know, with the Buccaneers, they, they rolled the dice and it worked last year, but man, I don't think it's, they can't, they're not going to hit that too. They're not going to hit that roll two times in a row, I'll tell you that. I'm going Chiefs Packers. We'll start with their NFL picks next week. We got fantasy football coming up before that. Ben? Oh. Fantasy football, man. I'll tell you something. When you're married, I will tell you that it's really, really difficult to manage a serious fantasy football uh, passion when uh, you have to spend that time watching those games and being on that couch and being dedicated to the sport. I will say this. I will say that, you know, for me at this point in my marriage and my connection to sports, this is what I'll, this will happen with fantasy football and football happening now. I I will get this as my wife walks by the couch in the living room as I'm watching TV for the fourth hour of sports, and she says to me, and this is the key here. She says to me, "You've been sitting there for four hours watching baseball. That is now going to switch to 
You've been sitting there for four hours watching football. Get get up, move. You're, you're, you haven't moved in four hours. And I'll say, honey, honey, this, this, is, this is research. This is part of my thing. This is what I, I do. And she goes, <laughs> she'll say, no, no, this isn't what you do. You, you, damn it. And then she'll just walk away. And Grinding film, Ben. You have to, you have to watch the film. So the film you know, doesn't I'm, I'm going to tell you that uh, it does put a lot of stress because if it was up to me, you know, I would have more TVs and we would have like a whole thing happening here. And it, it would look like my house would look like what behind me looks like, you know, basically a, 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 essentially a sports book kind of situation with a full bar and all the stats and everything that you could possibly dream. This would be half of my house would look like this. But unfortunately, uh, I have to make compromises. I didn't realize that. Nobody told me. I didn't read any books about this or anything. But this is the reality of my situation. And I'm and I and I probably am speaking for a lot of men. We aren't getting the full satisfaction of being invested in our fantasy football passion because of a significant other or you know whatever you want to call that other person who's roadblocking this experience to its fullest passion. And I don't I don't know if there's a solution. I just I don't know. Over the years, I, I have to say that I, you know I'm down to only three fantasy football leagues. Uh, a loser pool and like two other random things plus a lot of a lot of you know I'm in Jersey legal sports book so uh, you know I, I can only spend maybe half of my entire weekend dealing with football and the other half I have to spend you know looking at houses and shopping and whatever whatever couples have to do to keep the sanity in the relationship and that's real talk Ben that's real talk thank you man thank you so this podcast is also a form of group therapy uh centered around sports so when we we have like we're like one of those those new uh dad's groups right like one of those Uh, didn't you didn't you put out like some kind of advertisement to be in one of those I sent Jamie a link to be in a book club but if I have to choose between a book club, maybe a book club doesn't fit with my research I'm going to be needing to do on Saturdays and Sundays this year. Um, Because, I mean, I may be watching the college, the SEC games on Saturday. we got football every night. They they have a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you've got two small children. Well, they go to bed. They go to bed at 7, 7.30. What does that have to do with NFL Sunday and, and football on Saturday? I'm probably not going to watch as much NFL. I'm probably going to stick mostly to college. Um, I get the, you know, maybe he's going to have to ask one of those nannies to come work a little overtime. That's why I don't do Either that. Yeah. Or, yeah, your kids are young enough that if you hire a, a stunt double for the weekends, they won't know it's not you. So just find somebody. Like, interestingly, you know, now you would have to make a lucrative offer, but you know who you're very similar to Mac Jones the the new quarterback for the Patriots. So you could hire Mac Jones. I mean, you guys have a similar dad bod physique. And you could That's hire good- him to be your to your stand-in and then you could stay at home and watch football and your kids would think they're spending the day with dad. We're just gonna like a cardboard cutout. Yeah. Of him without a shirt on, smoking the cigar. Yes. And, and just uh, have like have a couple of your like the things you say to your kids on repeat. Yeah, like, uh, you know, something like, not now, not now, not now, not now. Something like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing research. Yeah. Uh, uh, sniff this and run fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, get That's it. always life advice. 
I'm gonna remember that one. Sniff this run fast. All right, we got a good week. I'm excited. I'm really excited for this Thursday, Friday, Saturday slate. Um, it does kind of suck the Yankees play the Orioles. We probably won't get to see the Yankees lose another series. But uh, looking forward to MLB heating up for the postseason college football week one. Some crazy stats. Arkansas has the hardest schedule in history again per SOS ratings. It's Arkansas number one for a football schedule this year. Nebraska, number two, Auburn, Georgia Tech, Purdue, Michigan, Indiana, LSU, Colorado, and Penn State. And Jamie's picking against Penn State. Any thoughts on Syracuse before we go? Uh, it's going to be an ugly year. I think the uh, over-under on wins is set at three, but we will see. All right, I want to so also point out, I just want to point out that uh, a good friend of the podcast, Dan Lust, the sports law guy, his team crashed and burned last weekend, the, uh, the Nebraska Cornhusker. Why are you rubbing it into to Mr. And, Lust? Uh, I want to say that he is a lifelong fan, and they could crash and burn a thousand times, but he's always going to be a Cornhusker. And he's going to support his team. No as a Jets how bad fan, don't you appreciate that? That's a value as a Jets fan. Why are you? Why are no, you? Coming? I, I got to respect that because I'm a Jets fan, and you know. Why are you firing shots? Up, Maybe upside, you're... upside is is well, you know, he's got to take it, man. He's from New York. He can. He's tough. He's not like one of these thin-skinned Santa Fe millennials. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll see y'all next week. I can't wait to see the results on our 22 game pick 'em. Maybe we'll bring Mr. Lust on next week. Tell him that Ben was firing some shots at him. Uh, actually, love, swag, love swag. They were love to shots. End this, to end this episode, I'd like to leave you with a little homework assignment. Can you please work to get a member of the Bishop Sycamore football team on the pod? Of course. Yeah, we and need insider scoop. For my outro song today, this one's dedicated to Ben. Have a good week. All right, guys. Thanks for coming. We'll see you again next time on Endless Balls.